It's time for building the game, the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, January 2nd, and you're listening to episode 553. As always, I am your host, Jason, here today, joined by game designer Jeff Johnston, who has worked with awesome companies like Game Right and Breaking Games and Education Outdoors, which actually was the first way I found you, Jeff. Um, it's great to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Welcome to 2023. And yes. thanks for bringing me here to the uh, Building the Game podcast and this great yes. community you have. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I have this list of designers that I'm like, oh, I should have this, this person on. And I met you, gosh, I met you quite a while ago when you were demoing Moonquake Escape. Uh, which, as I said, when we did that, we were both in the Proto Spiel Online conversation, the coffee talk thing. And I said that is still to date the single best demo or um, game explanation anyone has ever given to me. Um, and I will I, forever uh, remember it. <laughs> so. Well, thank you. I, uh, you know, after the 700. Well, this is the 553rd episode. So I, I think that was probably the 553rd demo I had given. <laughs> of uh, Moonquake Escape, but I uh, right. I had a lot of fun with that project. Uh, it, 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 as a, as a product, I, I look back on it and I say, oh yeah, we, we should have changed that and that and that, you know, right, but, right. I, but I, but the whole experience really, uh, you know, I learned so much. I met so many people. I gave out so many moon pies. Um, yes. So it was just, it was just, I do fun. think I got a moon pie. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, the um, the, what I loved about that game was that as you explained it, you know, it was like a three dimensional game that you built for anybody who hasn't seen it. You should look it up. It's pretty cool looking. Um, so you just built it as you explained it. And I was I was like, oh, wow, this is like I am really bad at demoing this stuff. Like I need to get better at this. This is really yeah. good. And, uh, you know, not to dwell on that particular project, which breaks my heart every time. But, you know, it was just it was one of those feedbacks I had gotten. Mm-hmm. from one of the play testers or something like that. They said, they said they had just in passing said, you know, it's so fun to kind of construct the game and put it together. I, I wish that could be part of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and at, at that time I, you know, so that just, you know, set me back to thinking, well, how could I make it part of the game? Mm-hmm. And I really couldn't come up with a way to, you know, make it part of the game. But I, but I said, you know what, I could label each of these pieces as mm-hmm. part of the physics of this planet that's falling apart, right? Yep. And so now yep. you can just tell the story as you build it, mm-hmm. and um, you know. And then by then, I've tricked you, and we're thirty seconds into a demo, and you've got to stay. So right, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and so it wasn't until after I met you there that I realized that uh, a game from Education Outdoors I had called Toasted or Roasted, <laughs> um, which is a very unique packaging. It comes in like that bag right? Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bag. So the education outdoors, they, they sell like crazy into the camping community. And so they said, uh, they wanted a bag that you could seal, you know, and, and take mm-hmm. them to camping and, yep. and it's kind of this oversized bag. So it doesn't fit well in, um, you know, your game shelf. And I see some complaints in BGG about that, but ah, you know, BGG is going to complain about everything. <laughs> Can, but the question is, can you put sleeves on the cards and still fit it in the bag? Because that is going to be a big complaint if you can. <laughs> yeah, um, that's cool. The uh, yeah, that 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 game, toasted or roasted. Um, you know, the, the, it was my first published game, and mm-hmm. you know, 
again, you look back on it and you say, boy, why didn't I just do that and that in the game? In fact, mm -hmm. if, if you if you ask me to teach you to play that game, I, I do I do teach it with rules <laughs> that are slightly different nice. that, are, nice. that are in the bag. But, uh, you know, the uh, it's a, it's it's an evergreen title. So, I mean, if you walk into the gift shop at the Grand Canyon National Park today, mm -hmm. you would see a copy of Tosa de Rosa sitting there. And, you know, some six-year-old cool. is going to get their hands on it, and they're going to have a great time, you know, yep. roasting yep. their parents' marshmallows. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's really – that was – yeah, that was my whole inspiration to get into this was just, you know, could I walk into a store and see a game I'd made mm -hmm. uh, and then and then to know, uh, you know, that, that it was bringing some some family, particularly mm -hmm. young family. That's usually my, my game design yep. target, like an eight-year-old yeah. and family in mind. Yeah. Yeah, the, and to um, and to this day, I get that very modest, very modest royalty check. Um, <laughs> I know what that's that like, has yeah. done. It's done wonders to you know within the in the household here. You know, I can always if I'm off to a convention, you know, honey, I'm not spending our money. It's the it's the marshmallow money, you know. So <laughs> so it's just enough to kind of keep uh, the family, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, you know, uh, right. at a steady state there. That's great. You, said, you yeah. said we could edit some of these things out. No, no, no. My, I'll be okay. <laughs> no, um, the, um, yeah, that, that game, it was funny because I, I did, I bought it, I think at a camping store or, uh, or a park store. And I was just, I was like, oh, wow, this is really clever. And, um, and I'd not seen anything like that. So we got it. Family loved it. Uh, and then it wasn't until later when I actually was looking like, well, who published this? Like, you know, what publisher? And then I saw your name and I was like, oh, I met him like so. It's, just, it's always funny to look back and be like, "Oh, this person made that." Um, yeah. So cool. Yeah, I, I won't mention the podcaster that did the same thing, but decided to use that game as the example of what was that designer thinking about? Oh yeah, we we don't do that on this podcast unless yeah. we're talking about our own games, and then yes, we do that a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, because yeah, it was, it was a missed opportunity. I would have loved to have gone on his podcast and say, well, this is why. And right, right, that's why right. I would never, you know, we could have had a great time. Right. Um, but he didn't actually do the research to find out who designed it. He just thought it was a clever target. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, through the heart. Yeah. The first game that I published, Water Balloon Washout, which is the same thing. It's a family weight game. Like it's super fun and easy to play. And, and I still get people, you know, today who will message me and say like, oh, hey, we just played water balloon washout recently, you know, with the family and they just love it. And that makes Wonderful. me so happy. And, but when I teach that game, there's a couple of cards that I pull out of the game because it makes the game play a little smoother. Um, and it was just because I, if I knew now, if I knew then what I knew now around like card counts and things like that, I would have made some very different choices uh, in the balancing of the card counts. Basically what can happen is, you know, what should be a 10 to 15 minute game can last for 40 minutes and be really epic uh, because no one can lose because they just keep getting ways to bring themselves back. Um, and the kids, the best is kids think it's epic. Adults uh, feel less epic uh, 20 minutes in when they just want to be done. Um, so, <laughs> so Yeah. I usually yeah, I'm reminded, I'm reminded of uh, uh, Paul Peterson, I think, said about guillotine or guillotine, uh, his mm -hmm. that game um, that there's there's a card he always pulls out because the, the card's function is to stop you from being able to do the most fun thing in the game. Ah, know, he, just, yes. he just said, you know, oh, I just wish it never been in right. head put in See, there. Even Paul Peterson is doing that. See, we can feel <laughs> good about that. We're in good company. Right. <laughs> 
Well, um, so we are, um, we're here, uh, today, um, because so every year at the end of the year, and usually it happens before the end of the year, but, uh, with the holidays and everything, they've been busy and, uh, yeah. And I, I'm going to be out of town. So I wanted to schedule some stuff ahead of time and, uh, yeah. And, uh, we saw each other for, you know, a whole 60 seconds at PAX, I feel like, um, <laughs> and I thought there, I didn't say it to you, but I thought like, I was like, I, I should I really, I need to get Jeff on the podcast. Um, and every year I used to always be me and the former co-host Rob that we would, we would do like, we'd do an end of the year episode and then we do a new year preview. And, um, and now what I try to do is pull a designer from the community to do one and then to pull a different designer from the community to do the other. Um, because you get my stuff either way. Uh, but why not find out what somebody else's plans are? Um, and by taking people who aren't the typical, like the co-host or something, then we get a very new experience for the listeners. And um, so we get to hear what somebody went through for the year or what somebody's planning for the next year. So, so I'm super, super stoked to be able to sit down and do this with you. And I promise I can have you on some time to do like a normal episode if you ever want to. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no, no. This is great fun. Uh, I, it, it was amazing to shake your hand in person at, at PAX Unplugged. Right, right. So, you know, one of those, cool. one of those, one of those things we can look forward to in the endemic, right, is more, yes. Yes. more touching of people more looking directly at a person (laughs) it still feels weird shaking someone's hand but um but yeah i do it but it feels weird because you know there was like in 2020 like never again will i shake someone's hand um it's just like a germ factor but now i'm like well i have sanitizer and i have a lot of it that's what's changed i always have a bunch of sanitizer so and we're all we're all we're all masters of the fist bump now right right or the the elbow rub yes 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 (laughs) (laughs) depending on on how much distance you want, so which is great. I got a hug from uh, from someone at PAX. I said, "I don't deserve a hug from you." They were just a hugger. Okay. Right. Yes, I I can be a hugger as well. I find that um, really, I uh, I feel like I'm like maybe it's counterintuitive, but I feel like if we give somebody a hug, we're wearing masks and we turn our heads away. There's like less germs being transferred than by your hands. Like that just seems <laughs> that just seems like realistic. I feel like. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we are going to dive into some stuff here and, uh, and we're going to talk about our last year and, uh, we're going to follow a bit of a loose format. We've got some questions here. Um, and then, uh, you know, from those questions, we'll, we'll branch off and we'll talk about different stuff, uh, along those lines. And, uh, you had, you had immediately been able to send me like a list of things that you'd done for the year. And I was like, oh man, I got to put that list together. (laughs) So, um, because like, I want to have the list as well. So yeah. So I went through and I answered these questions and, um, uh, yeah, yeah. And the, um, yes. And we will, um, yeah. So we're going to do it in an order that gives us a little bit of time to focus on what will be an interesting last question, I think, um, which is actually something we like to focus on on the show a lot. So spoiler it with that, but, um, so let's start with some exciting stuff. Did you, um, you, I know you went to at least one convention this year, but did you get to go to many conventions this year? Yeah, you know, this year, I I look back, you know, I, I was glad you gave me this challenge. Hey, what'd you do this year, Jeff? You know, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, so I started thinking. I said, hey, well, there's some things. So on on the realm of conventions, you know, we're, I'm up here in the Boston area, mm-hmm. and New England has, you know, quite a few, you know, regular shows. And they'd all taken time off or it all started coming back. Mm-hmm. And so, so, um, 
you know, I have to give a plug in for uh, the Boston Fig virtual. That that was the first yeah, yeah. thing that I did in January. So it was it was a virtual one, but the Boston Festival of Indie Games, mm-hmm. I'm I'm involved with the the leadership of that, and you know, help them you know with 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 sales and sponsorship. That's awesome. But it's a re- That's awesome. It's a yeah, it's a really great forum. I don't know if it's been talked about much here, but um, not much. I know I know Tim Blank who works on yep. it as well, um, but. I don't think Tim's actually ever been on the show either, which seems like a mistake. So, <laughs> yeah, I think let's get Tim. Let's get Tim on here too. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Festival Indie Games. It's 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 half digital. It's half um, board games, and they would we would take over two floors of a gymnasium. It 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 was at uh, MIT in Cambridge, then it moved to Harvard, and um, we're going to be back in person uh, next fall. We tried to get back in person this this. Uh, past fall uh, but the virtual events they do are really cool I like to foot stomp it because it was the first um, online board gaming convention that used uh, gather.town um, as its meeting space mm, and mm-hmm. yeah I'd, I you know I'd done some discord convention like Gen Con online and things like that and it's really mm-hmm. Im- impersonal and things like that but it is it is yeah but uh, but this this uh, gather.town my, I, I'd seen it my daughter who was working on a PhD program was at a at a conference and they were using gather.town and you know you can lay out a whole convention like space you get a little 8-bit character that's you you right, walk right. around as you get close to people you interact with that so so I like to as I was doing those uh, you know you 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 even got the experience of some, you know, a little eight-bit character walking yep. by your booth, and then just like keep on walking and not even interact <laughs> with you. And I was, I was so desperate for human interaction that even I missed that about conventions. Um, but, oh. but, but I did actually go to in-person ones. So TotalCon is a is a great convention in February up here in the New England area in Marlboro, Mass. And um, went went to that. Um, the Granite Game Summit is put on by you know Mike, hmm. Kevin, and Kimberly. They yeah. organized that yeah, up in uh, in New Hor- New Hampshire. That was in March. Uh, I got to play uh, a lot of games there. I brought all my my family focused games there. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, that'd um, be for that. And then and then um, I have I have an old college buddy that's in the Washington D.C. area. So I made my way down to Washington. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And that was a that was a real fun one. And, uh, you know, that was sort of the start of my year. And, um, you know, one of the things I discovered there, a, a little tool I came up with was I, you know, over the pandemic, I built up so many prototypes. I just <laughs> really was having trouble like, you know, well, how do you like, you know, sh- you know, I don't know, share, share your prototypes, right? I could have one out on the table. You know, I can't really have seven right. on the table and pick stuff. Right, so I right. created my little para jacks games uh decision matrix oh, here. oh that's you know? really good yes and you know you know it just starts with a basic question you know do you want to work together or not right and then and it just branches from there and and it just i just had a couple of questions you would you would ask them and i love to have little prizes at the table too so i have little stickers if there were prizes and things like that so mm-hmm. so uh, i've adopted that as my my uh a new go-to tool that is, and to, that is a you know, great help. idea, especially for like an unpub where, you know, people are just coming up and they want to play a game. And you don't know what kind of game they're in the mood for. And you're trying to kind of judge like based on conversation with them for a minute or two, like, which one should I have you play? That's awesome. Just make it up to them, you know? 
Exactly right. Well, and then also you can, you know, be like one of those mentalists and give them the impression that they picked right. the game that, that yes, you wanted yes. them to play. Right. Uh, you know, right, that happens. Right, right. So, you know. <laughs> so that's that, you know, that was one thing that grew out this year. And I happily pass along that tip. It's just kind of fun. That's a good um, idea. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, PAX East is up here in Boston. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, I, I, I go to that one quite frequently. There's an unpub uh, presence there. So that's always a great uh, venue to, uh, you know, to set your set yourself up in because you mm-hmm. know people that are interested in play testing are wandering by. Um, and then uh, we did PAX Unplugged at the end of the year. Yep. And before that, I did um, KidsCon New England. So oh, not probably not one. one on your radar, but um, Emily and Jeremy drew and put that on. And they do one show in May in uh, southern New Hampshire, and they do another one in the fall in uh, Portsmouth uh, or Portland, Portland, Maine. And she's uh, her focus is on bringing art to, uh, you know, young artists, Mm -hmm, you know. mm -hmm. And so 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 this is a convention of like cosplayers and the and the kids are like four to eight year olds and their family. So it's just just kind of the perfect you know, target for me to just come and, you know, get real feedback from, you know, real kids. Um, you mm-hmm. know, gamer kids aren't always real kids when I meet them at a gaming convention. So this is sometimes you get a little closer there. Um, and, uh, you know, so they, uh, we, we, we've, we've had a good uh, working relationship there. We've kind of grown it into a, like a playtesting room, our Game Makers mm-hmm. Guild. That's our, our, our playtesting organization that Tim, Tim Blank is also um uh, our president uh, I'm, I'm on the the committee leadership committee as well um so we 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 yeah we 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 help them with a room and Very you know cool. I, I yeah and so most of these i i've you know i've met the organizers um you know i'll reach out um total con for example they use uh tabletop.events to set up your your thing so mm-hmm. uh, you know set up events you can propose events so so i usually you know, if, I mean, if you haven't figured this out, um, you know, often, often you as a game designer with, with your prototypes, if you, you know, kind of describe them as events and, and approach the coordin uh, you know, the coordinators of the event, you know, they can consider you part of the show. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're usually looking for game masters to run games. And mm-hmm. so oh, absolutely. what a better, yeah, what a better deal than to, you know, run, run, run games of your prototypes to share them with people, whether you're trying to sell them, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm usually not in that state, but um, you know, or get, get feedback from it. And, um, mm-hmm. usually, usually that'll, you know, cover the cost of your, you know, admission, um, into the show and, um, you know, give, give you a way to, you know, kind of, you know, let people schedule their time yeah, into yeah, your sessions. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So you those were, were my shows. I don't know if you were busy. Yeah. Wow. I, um, I kind of, I don't know if you're like, Oh, I just want to pax you, you know? <laughs> nope. Um, so I, it was funny when I sat down to make this list, I was like, Oh, I didn't go to much, but I went to four shows. Um, and okay. that is more than I've went to in several years. And honestly, four shows is kind of about what I do. Um, in most years, uh, like most of the standard years, uh, but I swapped them up a little. So normally I would go to origins and origins kind of was flip-flopping on their, what, what they were requiring for masks and not. And I, mm-hmm. I at that point I was very uncomfortable if they weren't going to use masks and, so I changed my plans and then at the last minute, they, oh no, you have to wear masks. And I was like, well, too late for this guy. Like, sorry, I would have been there, but 
Um, so I went to Geekway to the West um, in St. Louis, which is a fun little convention. I know a lot of people from that area or several people, I guess, from that area. And then my friend Michael Wasbrock uh, came in from Georgia and uh, it was just it was like the perfect intro back into conventions in real time, like in real life, uh, because I I didn't do really any of the online stuff. Like I, I enjoy things like Protospiel online. I think are super cool. But like the idea of like going to like a convention um, fully virtual, I just I have a hard time with that. Um, I, I do think uh, gather.town. It's funny when you said that I was like, oh, what's that? And then as I typed it in my browser to look at it, it popped up and I realized that I went to a seminar and that is what they were using. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was super cool. Um, it's like and they had us basically on a journey where we would walk from place to place and we could explore things and, you know, things would pop up and then we could go to these spots and then we'd be talking with just a small group of people. And I was like, this is really smart. Um, and so that, that is great. And I would consider, I think checking out a convention that was running on that, but there's nothing beats being able to walk around in person. Um, nothing beats that. Yeah. And I, I fully supported the conventions went online. Totally got it. Wouldn't have went if they were in person. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> But yeah, the, the online part is a little harder for me, but I went to Gen Con uh, and it was good to be back at Gen Con. Gen Con was was big and it was a little uh, like there's a lot of lot of people here and I have not been around a lot of people in a long time. But overall, it was a fun time. It was fun. It was draining. Uh, and in the end, I was really glad to go home. I was only there for like, I think, 50 hours I was on site. <laughs> like, other than that, I was I drove in. Um <laughs> I was there and then I, I left, uh, I achieved what I was hoping to. I did the meetings I needed to, and I got out of there. Um, I went to grand con in grand rapids, which is my local con. That's about 45 minutes North of where I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, and, uh, I really, really enjoy that convention. It's small, but, uh, I get a lot of friends. A lot of the people I would see from Geekway actually drive up to grand con because they really enjoy checking that one out. And I recommend that to anyone who wants a smaller convention where you feel like you can get a lot of work done and really get a lot of playtime and playtesting in. It's fantastic. Um, and Grand yeah, Rapids is those, a cool those are great. Yeah, those are great. Those are the bread and butter uh, yeah, for me, yeah. or the, the local ones. I usually, you know, if it's if it's within a two-hour drive, it's on my radar. Yep, and, yep. And, you know, I think most of the ones I mentioned, you know, although I went down the East Coast for Washington and, and for PAX Unplugged, most of them mm-hmm. were all local. The Gen right. Con, we used to, we used to, pile into the van at 11 at night and, you know, drive, you know, straight out there from mm-hmm. Boston, show up around two or three in the afternoon and, and do that. But um, I haven't done any of the big ones. Origins. Uh, I used to say my last origins was, uh, was 84 in Dallas, but um, no, I did, I did, I did go for like two days a couple of years ago. as part of the grand uh, moonquake escape tour. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. And then I uh, went to PAX U, uh, as you did. And so that was my first time there. Loved PAX Unplugged. We'll definitely go back. Um, it feels kind of like Gen Con, but smaller, um, which was nice. Like it was, uh, uh, I really enjoyed being uh, downtown um, in Philly. Like it was, I've never been to Philly. So it was an interesting place to be. We stayed in Airbnb about 15 minutes out and it was a real nice area. It was really nice. Um and yeah, so I, I had a great time. That was, and I met so many people that I'd never met in person before. And that was really, really cool to see yeah, so many people. 
I've always had a great time at PAX Unplugged. I didn't go to the one last year when they first started uh, back up uh, post or, you know, endemic, we'll call it. Um, mm -hmm. And I understand it was about half the size maybe of what it was this year, which which might have been about the size of the first year they did it. Right, um, right. I heard it was I, about but, back to normal from people. That's what I. Heard. Yeah, and it yeah. looked to be about the right size that I that I remember. And I I I, it is it is right up there for me for the my favorite large convention um, mm -hmm. because it just seems a little bit calmer than the others. Uh, although you know I've heard great things about Origins too as kind of a kind of a, a mellow kind of a convention, but I, yeah, my, yeah. My, yeah, my, fa my favorite part of PAX Unplugged, I started this little tradition. It doesn't work as well now with a mask on, but <laughs> like, like Sunday, you know, you're just sort of like, you're, you're kind of running out of steam, but I just, mm -hmm. I just started this of just like, you know, just kind of, you know, just wander, kind of saunter, I don't know, wander down the aisles just with a smile on your face mm -hmm. and just like catch people's eyes. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many times I've just like run into that one person that I hadn't seen yet. And there they are. Right. Just, just all this. That's and awesome. So, so I did it again this time and you couldn't see me smiling cause I had a mask on, but again, I just like, boom, boom, boom. I ran into Tim blank, mm -hmm. you know, boom. I ran yep. into Anitra Smith from, uh, you know, the family gamers, you know, just all these, yep. you know, just like, yep. you know, and I was just like, all right, you know, the tradition continues. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's really just a great, you know, statement about the kind of the, the, this whole game design community. And it is, it is, you know, just, just how easy it is to kind of, you know, be connected to people. I It's, it is funny how small, like, so I, you know, Gen Con is obviously enormous, but every year that I've ever went to Gen Con and I, I mean, I'm not even exaggerating. It's every single year. I have a friend who lives about an hour from me and I never see him anymore, but every year at Gen Con, I see him within two hours of getting there. Every year, it doesn't matter when I get there. It doesn't matter where I go. In fact, it was funny because this year we, uh, my friend Kelly and I, he and I were walking from our hotel and I see this guy and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's my friend Brad. Like I always see him. And then it wasn't, it wasn't him. And I was oh. like, oh, and then we walked inside and 10 minutes later, he comes walking down a random hallway and there he is. And I'm like, I told you it happens every time. And we laughed because yeah, I mean, we both recognize how weird it is that we always run into each other, yeah. but we do. So, and then what else is funny is I will not see him for the entire rest of the convention. That's it. Like that two minutes in the hallway, okay, we'll yeah, say yeah. hi and catch up. And then yeah. that's it. It's just always cracks me up. But yeah, the, commu the communities are small, big yet small somehow, right? <laughs> um. So, um. Here's a question. Did you have any games like actually come out into the wild this year? You know, I had one that was scheduled to come out. I had signed it just before the pandemic and uh, sort of had a handshake deal and it took about mm -hmm. six months to get it on contract. And uh, the the date for the for the contract expiration was going to expire, you know, say mm -hmm. around June. And, you know, I just you know, it's important to have those dates in a contract, right? It is. You know, yes. Yes. Just, just so you can start a conversation. So I right. just, even if that conversation kept, is, Hey, do we want to extend this another year? That was and that was exactly whatever, the right? conversation, right? Yeah. You know, we yeah. had a pandemic. I understand, you know, let's just set right. a new milestone. And it just uh, seems like the publisher had a different uh, direction. It was taking a little different direction. So, mm -hmm. so the, 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 the game I thought waiting two and a half years, uh, might be coming out this yes, year. I've been there. Not I've been right. There. So, but, but it did come back to me and I was able to share it with a couple other publishers. 
and um, two of them asked for copies of it. And uh, one was super interested in it. Um, a little family-based game called Barely Asleep. And you're- I assume you're actually cubs. about bears. Yeah, you're- That you're, seems you're right bear, up your alley. I like yeah, it. Yeah, you're bear, you're bear <laughs> cubs too. trying, trying to uh, trick the adult bears into hibernating for the winter um, by playing <laughs> their favorite games with them. And, and every time, you know, you're trying to, you know, kind of match games onto a bear. But every time you play a game, your annoying cousin jumping junior is jumping around the big bear bed, waking up more bears. Right? <laughs> I love that. Oh. And yeah, so I, I, uh, so I, you know, I, and I was working with one company and they were like, Jeff, can you make it like play even younger? Cause this one I had like ages six and up or so. Mm -hmm. uh, and they focus on younger cooperative games. And I'm like, okay, all right. And I actually, I, I kind of was impressed. I've, I've done so many variations kind of off this core thing. I've, 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 I've added a different theme and made it like much more complicated. And so this one's like, you know, Hey, can I, you know, take, take more out, but still keep the magic. It's kind of hard, you know, when you, when you design for the younger player, you know, sometimes people think it's easier, but I, I don't know mm -hmm. if it's, it's uh, I won't say it's harder, but I'll just say nothing's ever really easy. Um, mm -hmm. The, uh, um, you know, but I, I actually came up and they said, ah, can we modify the theme a little bit? And then, uh, and I said, okay, yeah, I can do that. And then uh, I was at PAX Unplugged and, and they were going to give me a response while we were there. And so I get the email on Friday and it's like, ah, oh, Jeff, you know, we, we, we did a game like this, similar game to this. And so we're, we're going to pass. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you uh. made me, I mean, you made me, I thought we were making it to be the game that you, I was so confident. Uh. And I was like, oh, shucks. And, uh, mm -hmm. so, so then I actually sent a tickler email to the other publisher that had been looking at it, but I hadn't heard from in months. And I just said, you know, cause I hadn't really been kind of pestering them at all. And, and, uh, uh, because I was sure I found its home. Um, and, uh, I just said, Hey, well, what's going on? And they said, Oh, Hey, we're still play testing it. Um, you know, it's, you know, so it's, so it's got a, it's got a chance, you know, you're telling me there's a chance, you know, and so that, that's what I thrive mm -hmm. on, right. Is the, the amount of time between the maybe and the no, you know, I kind of live in that world, you know, the, the, uh, the potential energy of the uh, potential. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. as long as I've got one project out there, that's got a chance for a yes. Okay. Maybe I'll right, keep, uh, right. maybe I'll keep at this. It's, um, yeah, those situations are really tough and I've been in them before both where, a publisher seems really excited and then you um they seem really excited and then all of a sudden it's like yeah uh no no not i don't want to do it like and you're like oh oh okay like or like i got a publisher i'm working with or i was trying to work with right now that seemed very excited about a game and uh and now it's just crickets like i've messaged them a few times because they've said oh here's here's when we'll know by if we if we think we want to sign this great um and all of the responses are, uh, are, yeah, are not, like, there's just no responses to the emails. And, uh, um, and so it's frustrating because it's like, like, you don't want to, like, I don't want to give up because I kind of feel like, Hey, um, you said you'd get back to me and you gave me a timeline and you've missed that. And I feel kind of entitled to keep messaging you until you hold up your end of the bargain. Right. It's not like a, yeah. We'll look at it. We'll let you know when we get to it. It might be a while. This was literally a, 
this we're really excited about this let's talk about this more we have to run some stuff on our end we'll do that at this time we'll get back to you by this time um so it's just um it's a little frustrating sometimes right um, yeah and i've certainly yeah. been in the situation too where contracts have had to expire and publishers have said oh we're going to go in a different direction and i've had that happen twice and that's that stinks because you do you feel like you put in a year or two's worth of work and getting a game to where somebody wants it and then they change their mind and that's that's hard because that's a lot of unpaid work that may or may not actually help you with the game in the future right yeah um depending is, on how is, you uh, developed it yeah well uh, you know that's why the advance is such a good tool for you as a game designer mm-hmm. in those in those contracts because it, it does to some extent keep keep them honest like hey mm-hmm. how am i going to make this money back right oh i got to make right, the right. game and sell it right it does kind of compensate you for kind of your past investments and maybe a little bit there i can't say that the uh that i on the particular situation where i got it back that i did get an advance right that was the one where i didn't but um, right right but but you know just another tip for folks if they haven't done this before like as you're looking at the contracts and things um you know cardboard edison has that industry review um, where they you know you know check in with people and so you know i i you know not only is that great data just to inform you about what to Mm -hmm. expect but it's just a great like reference point and and you know And so when I got the contract that that's that said you know no advance, um, I was I was just able to use the cardboard evidence just say, you know hey you know the in, the industry standard your your offer is below industry standard in in on this point mm-hmm. right you know yeah, and, and, yeah. you know it kind of it kind of gives you a great tool to does, you know not make it like something that I want no this is something you publisher need to do to like stay up with the industry standards right you know so right um the argument didn't work but i felt very confident making it right (laughs) yes yeah and you should make it you know i mean i've actually heard of some game designers uh you know who i'm friends with who have said they will tell a publisher that they won't sign without some sort of advance because every publisher every designer should get an advance they're like i don't need an advance but other people are really like this that makes this easier for them like yes get an advance and so i've kind of taken that tact whenever i can to say like i would like an advance if possible and then if i feel like like if a publisher if i know the publisher and i know that's just not a thing they can do no big deal no worries about that but i had a contract this year where they said no advance and we said well we want an advance and they said well how much do you want and we said this and they said okay and then we were like oh probably should have asked for more um because it was literally five minutes from the time we asked to the response of that sounds good I'm like okay yeah. Uh-huh. yeah you know and i i was actually thinking you know so now now as you you know start talking to more publishers um you know more and more of them are saying like well yeah we'll we'll take a look at that but to be honest uh you know this wouldn't be till 2024 or even yes. 2025 i've i even heard a 2025 i was at pax unplugged and i'd reached out to a bunch of a bunch mm-hmm. of publishers that I thought could match and, and I sort of had a hit with one uh, or at least uh, I'll say a match uh, where they, they said, yeah, okay, we're, we're interested to look at this 2025. So, you know, I'm actually wondering in those cases, would you want to ask for just a little more of an advance than normal? And just right, with that justification, right. it's like, Hey, you're, you're right. you know, I'm not going to see a revenue stream for this idea right. with you for three years. Yeah. Um, you know, how about we just, you know, add 50% yeah. on that advance. Yep. I mean, it's not, you know, I mean, it it impacts their books now, but I mean, it's really, but, you know, no, I mean, no difference in, in cost theory, right? It's money that they expect to mm-hmm. earn and they expect to pay you. And if they're like, whoa, we can't give you this much money because 
we don't know if the game's going to make enough to pay you that. Well, then, hey, why am I working with you? <laughs> like, right? Right, right? I mean, right, right, yeah. unless the yeah, advance exactly. is like really stellar, chances are you should make your money back off that, you know? Um, right. And I'm not looking for stellar, you know, it's, it, no, again, neither it's am really I. Nope, more nope. of a, you know, a more, you know, it's not, I don't want to say moral, but it's just, it's just important. I mean, it's it, just a good it is, it is, part yeah. of the conversation and, you know, and, and, and because some publishers of, can't do that, but yep. you know, you kind of know when you work with a smaller publisher, you're really getting back in return with a smaller publisher, someone, someone who is really passionate about your project, yep. right? Yep. They, it, they, they believe in it as much as yeah. you. And, and I've, uh, yeah. I've said to small publishers, like, I know you typically give it in advance. I don't need one. Like, we'll work it out when it's time. Like, give me a good contract. We'll work it out when it's time. And um, and that's good enough. Like, because, because, hey, you're super passionate about this. And I really want to work with you as a company. So, like, let's meet in the middle here, right? Um, yeah. So, um, I also did not have any games come out this year. Uh, I had one that was supposed to come out this year. Um, well, so in originally in the contract, they said, or not in the contract, but in the conversations, the contract, of course, gave them extra time. But in the conversations, they said, we want this to be out by September. Um, and we signed it in March. So, like, uh, but it is, it was, a, it was pretty done. It didn't really need a whole lot of development work. Um, so that brings us to the next question of, did you sign any games this year? So I am, I'll answer that one first. Um, so I signed two this year. Um, Oh, one great. in March and the other one, I'm not, I think it was in July or August. Um, and the one in March, they had said, we're going to try and have this out by September. It's coming out by March next year. I have zero complaints about that. Like that is pretty impressive um, that they would be able to get it out that quick. I mean, frankly, when they said September, I was like, how, like, how are you going to do that? Um, and uh, yeah, they basically had two windows, September or March. They went with March and, take the extra time. That's great. Like, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the one that I, other one I signed this year is coming out in 2024. So for sure, uh, possibly sooner, but like very likely 2024 was kind of the, you know, was, was what I was told to expect. Um, and that's, that's fine. Right. Like, I don't want to hear that for every game. Cause it's a bit of a bummer. I mean, like the idea that like, Oh, I signed this game and, you know, in three years, someone's going to see what it's like. And that's, that's hard. Um, that's really tough to be working on things and have to put them out there so far. But I mean, it is part of it right now. Um, we experienced a lot of that at PAXU as well. Me and some fellow designer friends who talked to publishers and in, in the, the kind of the, the line was 2024, 2025 is best we can do. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, but to me, you know, the like, like, with all the, you know, the frustrations, you know, as you're pitching things into, you know, just to have that one thing you know is in the pipeline, right? You know, just is just something yep. to fall and just kind of like that little mental cushion to fall on, and you know, so I did, I did enjoy that through June of this year, um, you know, just like you know, knowing that that was there, and then and then okay, starting to realize, okay, probably it's probably not going to be. And, and working through that. But, um, you know, for me signing games this year, you know, you asked me all these questions and I was like, okay, well, what's a almost, but no, as well, like, could be like the answer to, did you have any games really almost, but no, um, right. did you sign any games this year? Uh, well, almost, but no. Um, so, you know, it's been, I, I mean, I think I had a really successful year, right. You know, so, um, I didn't have anything published. I didn't get anything signed. Um, but I almost did. And, uh, you know, shuck sometimes, uh, 
you know, you just, uh, you know, what do you define as success, right? You know, if you, if you that, can always yes. walk in with your low, low bar of like, this will be successful if this happens and anything, you know, more is gravy, you know, that's, that usually mm -hmm. gives you lots of stuff to build from, you know? Right. And, right. you know, so if I go into a pitch virtual or in person, you know, if we can just have a good time and, you know, just kind of, you know, make a reasonable impression Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. you know, with, with these people and they're like, you know, ah, this game's not quite a fit, but you know, let us know when you have something else. Right. Yes. Yes. You know, you know, and you know, that's, that's a success. And, you know, I've been able to get, you know, other games, you know, kind of, you know, in, fr in front of people maybe quicker, um, than I would have, you know, waiting for like their formal, like open, you know, worldwide pitch weekend or whatever. Right. You know, right. You can just, right. You know, kind of send your couple of sentences in a, yep. in a, in a video or something. And, and that's worked out. But I, you know, um, in January, I had a chance, you know, uh, you know, Hasbro was just doing one of their open. Yeah. Pitch yeah. Sessions. So so I signed up for that. And I, I, I pitched them before a couple of things. And uh, and I pitched them two things. And, you know, one of them, they said, hey, we're we may be looking for something like that. Right. It's a little I had an 18 card game. Mm -hmm. um, called campfire smoke out uh, you know and you know that you know you're you're at the campfire right what always happens the smoke yep, always smoke. goes where you're yep, standing, right yeah so this is this is just a game about you, you know using these little wind Love cards that. you have to move the smoke to, to another player right uh-huh and i had i had some clever things in there and i i brought it to protospiel online and and i you know it was, it was in a protospiel online I, i've always wanted to tell the success story of protospiel online mm -hmm. about how i got you know just like one of those designer comments that just led me to where i needed to go to like click in the last piece mm -hmm. uh, but i didn't want to tell that story till it got signed by somebody so hasbro said hey you know send us the rules you know that's the first step right yeah. you know, it was yep. like yep. yes you send us the rules in, in the video the one minute sizzle the blah 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 you know and i'd been to that point with a couple of things before and it was always no, but this time they came back and said, Hey, send us a copy. We want to play. So campfire smoke, an 18 card game. Why would I even right. pitch this? Well, I, I just saw this sort of like toy concept. Like, like mm -hmm. you could put mm -hmm. a little campfire yeah. in the middle and it, it does the mm -hmm. thing that, mm -hmm. you know, little spins the smoke around and I, yeah. And so, you know, but they were looking for, you know, family card game. And I said, to, and so it was an eight week process. And sure enough, at the end of the eight weeks, they were absolutely on their schedule. Um, mm -hmm. you know, they came back on that date, they said, and they said, no, okay, no, but, but I, right. but Hey, you know, it's another success for me, right? Mm -hmm. I got past the point yes. I'd ever gotten. So, yes. you know, campfire smoke out, you know, so that was that. Um, and I've had, you know, I, I, I was asked for, uh, you know, several times, different companies saying, yeah, send that game to us. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so I, I, I took those all as, uh, you know, almost right. You know, and that's all, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's the step you want next and anything's like, mm -hmm. okay, you know, experience the game in person. Um, yes. You know, they, you know, so. And the, the, I mean, like the, a successful pitch is not necessarily a yes. You're absolutely correct. I mean, I have had so many good relationship building pitches where you're just showing someone a game and they don't want it. But at the end, if they say, I want to see something else. If you have it, that means that that they liked you, and that's way more important than them liking your game, because none of these publishers really want to work with people they they don't like, right? Like if you're a pain, they don't want to work with you. They don't want to make it you know difficult. Um. So so yeah, and I mean I had a situation recently, and and in theory I, I no by the time this publishes I probably don't know how this has worked out, but um 
but I've got a game that I'm pitching right now all because I showed a game to someone three years ago and they said, this is really cool, um, but I don't have a fit for it. And then they said, hey, I'm looking for games that could work this way. And I sent them a message that I have this game. Didn't even bother to say I showed it to you before. And they said, I think you showed this to me before. Tell me more about how this could work with the thing we're trying to do here. And I was like, I think it could work like this. And they're like, I think you're right. Let, let, let's talk more. So we chatted about it. I explained kind of what I was doing, put together some some pictures and stuff and said, here's how I think it would work. And they were like, okay, can you uh, can you make it so that we can play a demo together online? And I said, yep, let me dust off the files, make these changes. And so that's the point that that has already happened, but it hasn't happened yet through the magic of podcasting. So that's going to happen <laughs> in a couple of days. And then after that, if if that publisher says, yes, I like this, then it's got to go to some other people um, who need to take a peek at it. And if they agree, then it likely at that point, it's a done deal or it's a no, right? But the fact yeah. that I made that relationship in with that person so long ago and they remembered, you know, um, that that is why they reached out to me because they remembered that game and said, I think this could work. And so whether or not it does, I'm still extremely happy that I made that good of an impression with this game. And that tells me, hey, keep moving forward with this game because there are people that are interested in it. Um, and that's a game where I've had a fantastic player feedback from players, designers, everyone that plays it enjoys it, but I just haven't been able to find the right publisher to do it. Um, right. And those right. games you are know, hard. And, yeah. And to me, you know, that's the, you know, I'm somewhat on the shy side, but the, the, um, you know, like the fun I've seen people having with the games, you know, I'm the spokesperson for the game, you know, so that's usually yep. what gives me confidence to, sh to share a game and, mm -hmm. you know, to have that under my belt. I, I can, I can definitely tell the difference when I'm pitching a game that I think is fun, but I really haven't had it, you know, in front of like those right. known players or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you know, I just, I just, you know, just come across with less confidence than when I, when I know, you know, I'm, I, I am the yeah. voice of this game. And I, I have right. seen it working, you know, you know, one of the, one of the things I did this year was, uh, like I showed you my little, my little pick list. It's yes, got like seven, seven, it's got like seven games on it. Um, I've got this one game it's, it's called, uh, uh leave me alone. You're, 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 you're <laughs> using these little, this little paddle and you, you stack little leaves on it and you're, you're hitting the paddle. They go flying out of your yard, you know, hopefully into someone else's yard. Right. And you're pointing at this uh -huh. way and that and. And it was actually an unpub, a PAX U, uh, PAX unplugged unpub moment where I was, you know, just before the pandemic, where where I was playing it, and it was sort of this kind of a, you know, it was like a like a player turn kind of thing, and you, mm -hmm. you kind of you know you know pick your things out and line them up, and you know you could you could you know launch it if you could, and someone just said, hey, could we, you know, try this real time, and. Um, I said, well, here, let me, let me think for a moment. Let me get a little rule structure in my head. Okay, let's do it. And, and, you know, it, it, it just, you know, just added all the magic that just wasn't there. Right. And so this, nice. cause I was, nice. you know, and, and, but, you know, so, and I pitched it around and I got this, you know, this clever mechanism, um, you know, which is just a little piece of plastic, but it's just so oh cleverly designed and 3d printed by yours truly. No, um, <laughs> but having uh, a 3d printer is amazing. I love having yeah. mine for that same reason. 
But I was able to take like a, like an 80 second video of these four designers playing this game, like at the mm -hmm. end of the day, after I'd had time to kind of refine it and kind of get a little thing going. Um, and I just shared that to like, like Goliath games, you know, just a couple of these like toy like mm -hmm. games. Cause it's yeah. basically it's a reverse hungry, hungry hippo is how it plays. And, and they were like, uh, yeah, yeah, send it along. But you know, so I'm really super excited, but I can't, but again, I just can't find a home because to be mm -hmm. honest, a lot of flipping, you know, a lot of those toy companies get, get a lot, get pitched a lot of like flipping games. Right. Yeah. Yep. So what I decided to do with this one was I, I, I said, you know what? Why don't I get some help? So I, I reached out to Mary Elroy, who's um, a uh, a game agent. She's a toy and game agent, right? Oh, and, all right. You know, when I first did Toasted or Roasted, I, I designed this thing like back in 2006 or whatever. And, mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't there just wasn't this community. There wasn't this connection. There wasn't, you know, you know Kickstarter and all those things. Right, right. So, so I had actually found a toy agent right and and she kind of she liked this little game she said oh, i'll pitch it to hasbro and things you know i couldn't find a home for it you know so it came back to me and i just sort of like you know waited a couple of years finally i did find its home with education outdoors right um but i've had i have all these games and i'm like well shucks i mean I don't, i'm gonna have to cut her in for a significant amount but you know a prototype sitting on the shelf that i know is fun but hasn't found its home you know she's connected to all sorts of companies that i really haven't you know, mm -hmm. if you crawl down the aisles at Target, you know, you're going to see, you know, Moose Games and, all, you know, you're just going to see all these companies like, right, right. well, how do you know, unless you go to New York Toy Fair and you're crawling around, you know, I'm, I just, I'm just not that well connected. And uh, so I pitched her all my games and, and she said, hey, I like that. Leave me alone. So, so she's out there, you know, sharing it with things. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, I just figure I'll learn something from this. And so, you know, every couple of weeks or, you know, two months, she'll say, hey, I shared it with so-and-so. And they said no or, you know, this and that. But she just keeps me up. So, we, you know, it's just like a one-year relationship. We'll, we'll revisit it then and see what's going on. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, 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 Mary Elroy uh, Game Bird, right? So um, like an inventor rep. So it's just a, it's another option. You know, it's, it's a little bit, you know, I went that route with this one just because it is a little bit more toy-like. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I try to, you know, I don't, I, I do do some games that are kind of in the hobby world. And I, you know, I, I've got a couple that I really would love to find a home in the, in the hobby world. But I'm more, more in that kind of retail space. I mean, part of it's, uh, well, shucks. I'm just, I'm just trying to find the place where no one else is selling. And if I can go there and make a game that sells there, like, yeah, maybe I yeah. <laughs> People won't Nothing notice wrong with that, games you know? There, you know? So, yeah, um, I mean, if, as long as that's the type of thing you enjoy designing, then there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Um, yeah, I think that's great. So um, so we did talk about some successful things here, but, like, what what do you think you're um, – what do you think you're um, – what would – were there any other successes um, that really jumped to the top for you of things where you were like, Wow, that was good. I, I'm glad that I did that this year. Well, I got my first paid gig to design a game for a company. Nice. So I thought that was cool. That is very and, cool. And in uh, you know the NDA will only let me be vaguely um, <laughs> <laughs> hinting at, at at who or what it was, but it was just it was a company that. I just kind of kept in touch with, you know, and every six months or so, I just drop them a note and just say, Hey, what kind of games are you looking for? And they were usually mm -hmm. like, ah, we're, 
you know, we're really, you know, kind of doing some internal things, you know, nothing there, but mm -hmm. I just kind of stayed on their radar and, you know, out of the blue over the summer, um, they reached out and said, Hey, we're, we're looking for, you know, a game like this, you know, and, you know, do you think you could design it and, uh, you know, give us a pitch. And, uh, I said, sure, why not? You know, and, you know, you know, more one of those experiment mm -hmm. things. And, you know, so I reached out to, uh, a colleague up here, uh, uh, Marcus Leaner um, goes by Marcus Phoenix online, but he uh, he actually he actually did the game Octo Chef, which won uh, the cardboard Edison nice. uh, competition uh, nice. a couple years back. And you know he's he's just one of those game designers up there, super clever, always bringing great prototypes to the Game Makers Guild to play test. But but he mm -hmm. never seems to like finish the mission of finding a home for his games. Right, right, you know, right, so, right. You know, so so I'm like. Hey Marcus, I, I I need another brain on this. Let let's let's do this together. So so we, you know, we, we put a lot of work into it, and uh, you know you know gave them a pitch, and it was a successful pitch. So, um, you know, I don't know if they're actually going to do anything, um, okay, okay, with yeah. the designs, you know. Um, so you know, it's not necessarily going to lead to anything, and it was also a, a work for hire arrangement, which was mm -hmm. which was new, which. Which, right, which right. basically, you know, here's here's our great ideas, and now you own them. Um, you know, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's so, money. We will you know, take your ideas. I I, yeah, I did do you know, one game like it, that for an education yeah. company where it was. Mm -hmm. They said, "How much do you want to make this game?" I told them. They said, "Done." They paid me that, and yeah, and that was the end of it. Yeah. And I'm super glad I did it that way because I don't think the game actually sold super well uh, because it was a game for schools, and the pandemic happened, and it kind of missed its market. Okay. Um, so, uh, so it worked yeah. out better for me that way. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah. So I, I think the work for hire stuff has its, has its place when it works well. Right. So, right. And, and this was more like pitches, the concepts, right. So they wanted like two concepts. So we pitched them about five, mm -hmm. um, based around this product that they had. And, and, uh, you know, so we didn't have to do all the rigor that you did to like, you know, bring a full game through, you know, all the playtesting. Right, right. So it was, it was, you know, like we, we, we did enough playtesting of our, 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 our favorite concepts that we, you know, right, knew, right. knew, knew we, we were pitching them something fun. And uh, yeah. And so we, and, and, and then we just had a great time during the pitch too. So again, just another one of those moments where you can say like, Hey, maybe next time if they're looking for something, they'll, they'll, you yep. know, you know, give us, give us a jingle to be part of the, you know, the teams they're talking to or whatever. So, Absolutely. so yeah, that, yeah. I, yeah. So I get to kind of, you know, check off that accomplishment. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got a new logo for my company. I thought it was time to refresh it. Yes. Yes. Parajax games. So check out my website. You'll see it there. There's nothing at the website. Don't worry about it. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is a good logo though. I remember when you shared the new version, I like it. So yeah. The, and then, um, you know, I did, I did, you know, I did, did a bunch of this. I do like, you know, helping out the community as much as I can in the way I can. So, you know, I, I, I was a judge in the cardboard Edison this past year. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really enjoy being a mentor in the tabletop mentorship program. Yeah, so, me too. so, me too. yeah, so I did, I did two, two people this year. Um, uh, you know, and I, I actually, out of a bit of frustration of not finding, anybody that wants to make my incredibly fun games <laughs> I, I started to think about you know this little campfire smoke out thing 18 card game you know a little package you know mm -hmm. you know just using the game crafters package you know where you yeah, can you yeah. know put all the rules right in there you know the hook box you know, man those are the know, best yeah, 
you know, maybe, you know, maybe I should just walk a little bit down this road of self-publishing this thing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to sell it to, you know, hobby stores and things and, you know, Target and stuff. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sell it to the camping retailers and things like Mm -hmm. that, you know. And uh, so I actually, I actually signed up to be a mentee finally in the tabletop mentorship program. I've considered doing that multiple times. I haven't yet, but I have absolutely considered it once I know exactly what I want help with specifically. So good for you for doing that. Yeah. And that is exactly what I kind of, I knew I said, Hey, I, you know, can you just help me, you know, let me bounce some ideas and, you know, just warn me where I'm going to, you know, and I got paired with Alex Yeager, who's the COO of Amigo games. Oh, nice. Um, And, you know, formerly with Steve Jackson games and and Mayfair. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I got to talk to him, you know, a couple of times and, you know, it was just really super helpful, you know, so, Mm -hmm. you know, using, you know, I, it's, it's sometimes it's tough to ask for help. Right. And sometimes it's tough Mm -hmm. to, you know, you know, pair up or whatever, but, um, uh, you know, it really was beneficial to me, um, to help me kind of move down in the thinking. And I've been kind of just taking a step and, you know, you know, I got, got some manufacturer mm-hmm. quotes and things like that and started mocking up the, you know, the point of sales box and all these things. And, uh, um, so the, the campfire smoke out story has yet to figure out its conclusion, mm-hmm. but, um, but, uh, at PAX U, I, I was talking to, uh, some publishers, Kurt, Kurt at, uh, Smirk and Dagger. Oh yeah. Kurt's um, great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I pitched him a game. Um, a cooperative game that I've been working on, uh, Let Sleeping Giants Lie. It's it's. Mm, I, was, mm-hmm. I was I was showing that at, at, at Unpub too, and um, ah, ah, I was so convinced it would it would connect with him because he'd played it before, but and he's been doing some really weird stuff, you know, especially in some some cooperative games and things, um, you know. So it wasn't quite a quite a connection with him, but I but at, at the end I just said, hey, do you have time to look at this one product and just give me some advice as a publisher, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually. Uh, hooked me up with uh, with another publisher that does a little bit in the in the camping space, and so I've been in some nice. interesting discussions with them. And so so I may I may go back to the to the more traditional you, you know relationship right, with a publisher, right. but but maybe maybe in a different kind of partnering way. And and you know so so who knows? Campfire Smokeout, it's a blast. I I would just sit at a table at PAX U, kind of near the edge of the free play area, and is unsuspecting families would wander by i would um just ask them if they'd like to play a game and uh, sure enough right. they'd have a good time so right <laughs> so um, uh yeah yeah what about your successes yeah you know for me i think the most successful things that made me the happiest was um i had a lot of really good experiences working with with some of my co-designers this year and that was that's really what I think helped keep me going through the year when I when I start to get a little frustrated and unfocused on things like being able to work with good co-designers really, really helps me focus and get through things. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, I had a couple of games get signed and that is obviously something that I'm super stoked about. But like those things are, you know, they're at once instant gratification and then generally incredibly delayed gratification uh, when you know it's going to be a while. So that time in between is is hard, right? Um, because you need to keep pushing forward if you want to, you know, keep putting things in the pipeline, basically, so that, you know, eventually you might have something coming out every year or two. Um, 
you know, if it goes well. And so, so really focusing on the different types of games that I can work on with game designers has with other co-designers has been really, really exciting to me. Um, yeah, I think that that has been to me the most fun thing about this year. Um, and just getting to work with new and different people and feeling like we're making really good progress on ideas. And, um, you know, also over the course of the year, I, I've taken a lot of time to kind of figure out the type of games that I want to work on. And am I going to work on this game with a co-designer or by myself? And, um, and yeah, so I've just had some friends that have been able to kind of talk me through those different ideas and different paths to publishing and how do you get things out there? And, um, yeah, so that has just been, I feel like there's been a lot of discovery this year and how I want to move forward. Um, and that to me is super successful because that, you know, kind of steers me in the direction for better success next year because I know where I want to go and what I want want to achieve, right? Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting kind of evolution for, I think, almost every game designer, right, is is like, you know, the first game you make is like the game you want to make, right? Right, right. Um, but then, then depending on what your goal is, you know, maybe the games you want to make are exactly what everybody wants to buy and make. But then, then you start, then, <laughs> then you start, you know, like, well, you know, boy, I do want someone else to make my fun game. So, so do, do I need to now start thinking about, well, what, what do I think they want, right? And can I still get my Venn diagram to overlap with, you know, what they want and what I want to do, and you know, you know, how much. Uh, how much space do you have to work in that area, right? <laughs> if it's, right, if it's a, right. you know, if it's a pretty tight overlap, then you know, you know, you might be more frustrated. So I, I started doing some things, you know, like people were making food-based licensed games, you know, like the Pop Tart game and the, and the this mm -hmm. and that game. Mm -hmm. So, so I was inspired. I saw, you know, one of my favorite commercials online, and I said, oh, I can make a game like this. And uh, I even, I even did the research. So I, I found the the agency that managed the IP for this thing. And mm -hmm. I just called him up. Hey, is, is the company interested in a game? I, I've got a great game. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've got this great publisher on, on tap. You know, can we do something, right? I actually even had a publisher. Um, nice. And, uh, okay, everything, it all fell apart. But um, but I kept working the game, kept looking for the publisher. And uh, eventually I set aside the IP thing. I got a lot of feedback then from publishers, which were like, oh, the food games didn't do as well hmm. as we wanted to. And I'm like, in my particular case, it wasn't really about the food game. It was about about the ad campaign that they would always do around right. this bit right, of food. So, right. so I said, no, no, this is about this kid. Anyway, um, but I, but I really, I just kept working the game and mm -hmm. you know just play testing and working some things. And I, you know, this it's uh, you 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 add you know numbers into a sequence and you're you're just trying to stay below this limit. But some of the mm -hmm. cards you have 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 this like you know, tight dice roll that you would add to it, mm -hmm. just like a, like a, like a zero one or two. And, yeah. uh, you know, so I, I just, uh, you know, I started doing it as a, as a white label game and then, and then, you know, shucks, you know, a great idea for a theme hit me, you know, dogs burying bones because, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the thing you can antagonize another player with is make them roll over. Right. And I was, I was, I was working the card and it was called roll again. That was the name of the card. And I said, you know what, roll over would just be a, you know, just a better name for the yeah. card and, we, yeah. and then roll over, you know, so, Hey, you know, let's, let's do a game about dogs. Um, Love it. And uh, so, the, and I got a nice little, uh, 
you know, hey, I can do a three-sided die with zero, one, two, three, and make it look like mm-hmm. a bone. So I have these little, these little bone dice that uh, you, you roll. It's, it's really cool. cool. So shucks, it's a fun game. And then, and then I got feedback from a publisher, and they were like, oh, we don't like this one thing. So I, I actually, at PAX Unplugged, is I was just laying in bed Sunday morning before getting out of bed <laughs> to go to the convention. I'm like. Well, what if I did that, you know, and, and, you know, I've been able to play test it since and the, the, that led to the, that, and it's like, oh, it's in this really sweet spot. It always feels good when that happens. It does feel good. But now you want to go back to that publisher that said no. Right. And and say, say, wait, wait, it's the same, but different, you know, and all the things you loved are still there, you know, and it's like, ah, I've done that so many times where you go to the well just a little early and then you don't get to go back to that well. Okay. <laughs> and you can though. I mean, like you can go back to that well and say, Hey, let me, let me show you this one more time. I know I showed it to you before and it had these issues, but let me show it to you again. I think that's okay. Right. I mean, I think that's yeah, okay absolutely. to do that. Absolutely. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, a, uh, the game I signed with game, right. Uh, Jason Snyder, who's, who's great. Um, had given me feedback on it. And Jason always, gives you feedback at least in the way he always says no to me no he always gives you feedback on three points right you know was the name clever mm-hmm. was the th- was the theme clever right and then you know where is the fun right so that's right. always guided me in kind of my quick email pitches or whatever is just you know try to convey those things in your pitch mm-hmm. as succinctly as you can and uh you know, this is this is one of those stories that suddenly I've lost where I was headed with it. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> happens to me all the time. I swear. It's like, you know, I don't know if we're going to we're going to uh, edit this out. But oh, oh yeah, I was I was telling a story about flashlights and fireflies. That's the game that uh-huh. game game right did. And so so, you know, I, I pitched it to him and he said, you know, Jeff, I, I don't see the fun. And, you know, so I think we're going to pass. And, and I had just see, I had seen, you know, like maniacal laughter from like four year olds that you know just when they found their mother there and i i just i just turned around and just said hey just give me 30 more seconds in the elevator jason and i just said you know i've seen it and and and, and he said well you know with that kind of you know passionate thing it, it at least deserves a look right and so they took a look at it they they then you know experienced that same magic and mm-hmm. and uh, you know you know you know they said okay we'll we'll, we'll we're gonna do this game uh so yeah yeah the the uh the the uh second or third <laughs> go back <laughs> so i just right. got an email back from the publisher that that had asked to see it as rover rollover mm-hmm. and now i've changed it. it's now rover roll under because you're tr- always trying to roll in so rover, and i right. said i said well you, you passed on rover roll over would you look at rover roll under and so she did say yes to look at it she just sent back the email this morning saying i still don't see where it is so i, I i'm just gonna ask for 30 more seconds in the elevator Keep your fingers crossed. Right. right. You got to do that. You got to, you got to be persistent for sure. So. Yeah. But polite. I mean, I mean, there's a point to say, no, it's it's not, it's not, it's definitely not like, no, you don't get it. It's just in this particular case, you know, we, you know, and we've spoken before and and it was one of those, you know, face-to-face pitches previously that, you know, so, so she knows I'm not a total jerk. Just right. 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 And I have, (laughs) I have known those people to where like you, um, where you are like, like they get very upset when you don't under, when you don't understand what they're trying to explain, 
but really you just disagree like so it's like no 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 i know you said no to this game but you just don't see the potential right and you know there's the difference of like yeah trying to say like no let me let me make sure i'm making myself clear right and so yeah one is good one is not so good (laughs) so this next question this is an easy one um and uh this is outside of game design this is um what are favorite new games we played this year so like one game that was your favorite one you played this year um i'll go first on this one uh my favorite one was a game called don't llama or just llama card game llama the card game it's a game by reiner kinizia it involves rules that have math that make no sense and are completely (laughs) as far as i can tell we've played the game about 50 times now uh unnecessary for the playing of the game there's these negative numbers in it and stuff and literally i don't understand the purpose of any of it um because it works without it it literally works the same like it does without it uh but it's just really cool game where you're playing these uh you're basically playing cards to count up between one to six uh and then the i think five or six and then the last card is yeah six and then the last card is a seven but it's actually a llama and then that lets you restart back to the beginning and you're trying to get rid of all your cards first it's that it's that simple and at any point when you're playing, you can choose to continue to draw so that you can play like Uno style, or you can just quit the round. Um, and if you quit the round, you're going to get stuck with the points you have in your hand. But a couple clever things about the game are one, um, if you have a one in your hand, you're going to get a penalty point for that. But if you have five ones in your hand, you're still just going to get one penalty point for that. You get basically whatever the face value of the card is. But if you have multiples, you only get it once. Um, and then you get these tokens that either, either one point or 10 points. And there's some negative numbers in there that don't make sense as I was saying, but essentially you always want to keep trading yourself up and you can do it at any time to having the 10 point tokens, because if you win a round, you may give back one token that you have uh, and it's golf scoring, lowest score wins. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's very clever the way it works and you can be like in a really bad spot and then boom, you're back in first place. And um, my family were super, super into it. The kids don't know it yet, but for Christmas, they're getting uh, the llama <laughs> dice game version of it, which we don't okay, know how it plays, okay. but we're so excited about the other version. We're like, we'll give it a try. It's not expensive. So, um, yeah. So that game has been a riot for my family to play. So, yeah. Well, cool. So, you know, sort of like, you know, that's not a super old game. You know, I, I was just looking it up online, um, but my my kind of new to me for this year, the one I asked for Christmas last year and using the magical time I'm in in 2021, uh, but was uh, no thanks. Um, uh, yes. You yes. know, and, you know, you know, the game, the gamers I usually play within my, my family group, you know, really aren't into, you know, heavy games at all or things mm-hmm. like that. So so to be able to bring a game out like no thanks. um which is, you know, published by Amigo Games, and I see designers, the uh, Thorsten Gimler, but mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, the word elegant comes up, but just, just like the yeah, simplicity yeah. of everything in there is mm-hmm. just like so inspiring as a game designer. So basically, the game, the there's a, a set of cards, three through, I think, thirty four or something like that, maybe thirty six. Yep, yep. And um, you set nine cards aside, so you don't know what's there, and so, mm-hmm. so. Uh, a card is placed face up and you have a bunch of tokens and you either take that card and earn its points 
or you say no thanks and you take one of your tokens and you put it on right. there right. and pass it to the next player so so that's the simple decision and the player with the fewest points at the end um, mm-hmm. you know will win win the game but if you can um, form a sequence of numbers yep. you're yep. only going to take the points for the lowest number in that sequence right. and and right. if you um, take the card um, every time someone says no thanks those those little tokens are uh, beneficial in two ways one they're worth negative points so it right. will take away from your score but it also gives you a chance to say no thanks when you really right. don't want a right. card you know when the 36 right. comes out and so it's just really just so you know it's it's like there's there's you know this you know kind of you know subtle interaction with the players you know and there's a bit of bluffing you know mm-hmm. hey I'm I'm yep. gonna take it but not until right, next right. you know like I'm gonna and so yeah so I just really you know you play one of those games you know I keep it in my bag you know like deep sea mm-hmm. adventure I keep it in my bag it's just these are like the I am going to do a game that is inspired by these somehow yes that is just uh, that clean right no no thanks is one of our family favorites and one thing you didn't mention that at least i didn't hear was so those tokens you you hold those in your hand so nobody actually knows how many you have right um well unless uh, unless you're a good card counter okay right yes there is that yes yeah oh good point Yeah, yeah yeah so um but yeah it is just um gosh i love that game as well it's so fun and um, it's actually good with kids because it helps them with doing math and things like that, too, as they learn to play. Um, but uh, yeah, but oh, we love that game. It's funny. I first showed it to my family several years ago and they were like, nah. And then I brought it out again Did and was like, say, we, we, no, thanks. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then I was like, let's just try this. You know, I think we played it a long time ago. You thought it was OK. And they were all like, we love this. And I was like, thank you. Finally, <laughs> you should love this. So the uh, the last thing we have here, and um, you mentioned you've got some some stuff to expand on, I think, with this question. And so it's two questions we're going to put into one, and um, uh, and I'll go first just because I don't I don't have a lot to say on it. Uh, it well, I do, but it's it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. So, um, so the first part of the question is where did we struggle last year? And and I think for me it was like I focused on so many things. This is just something that I, I tend to do. Um, I find that. Um, that I have, so I, so I have OCD and I have trouble focusing on something that I really, I might really want to do, but I'm just not interested in at the moment. So I will purposely line up several things to work on so that I can like kind of follow the dopamine of what, like what I want to work on, you know, at any given time. Um, and it works really well for me, but it can also turn into me just saying yes to too many projects. Mm -hmm. And then I end up with, it just becomes so much more than that. And it, then, then, it, then you're just dealing with the anxiety of like, I now have too many things I've committed to. So, so what I did by the end of the year, by probably mid year. So I started to turn that around and say, okay, as we're finishing this, I'm not going to add another project with this person or in this type of thing I'm working on. Um, and that has really helped kind of get me back to a point where I feel pretty comfortable with the, with the level of stuff I'm at. Um, and so the second part was, you know, what advice would you give to yourself back at the start of 2021? And it would have been to do less, to do more, because like, if I focused on five things instead of 15, I would accomplish all five things. Um, and I may have accomplished those five things, 
but I also spent a lot of time not accomplishing things that ended up being like, you know what? No, this is just not going to work. I'm going to move on from this. Um, so that for me was, was a really big struggle and it's, it's a consistent struggle. And I think I'm pretty sure on one of these episodes, I've given myself nearly the same advice. Um, and I still, even though I need to get better at it, I still am confident that I'm way better at it than I was before. So I still feel like I'm, I'm, I'm successful in that and that I'm moving in the right direction. Um, right, right. Cause there's that balance of, of, you know, right. you do sort of want to push yourself, right. You know, give yourself the opportunity to exactly. do that amazing thing, you know, but when you start adding more people into your world and like they're, they're dependent on you to do the next step, right. right, right. You know, and, and you've, you've overcome, which on one hand, incredibly motivating on the other hand, still sometimes not enough to put the focus on the right thing. Um, if you've overwhelmed yourself by doing, saying yes to too many things. Right. So, um, so how about, how about you? Yeah, this one was, this one was, was, um, you know, tougher just to get, like what's the right thing to say um, right 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 you know i uh, you know the the you know kind of the this you know where did i where did i struggle um and what advice i might give myself the you know keep putting myself out there right so um you know i i try to make myself available to opportunities um because you know it's like it's like it's like buying the lottery ticket right your your, your mm -hmm. odds of winning are just about the same whether you play or you don't but oh, right. you know what <laughs> but one but one of them you know one 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 approach really gives you zero percent chance right, um, right you know so um you know so that's i do kind of struggle putting myself out there like that um you know i do have to sort of feel uh safe in some way um you know, so, so take advantage of those opportunities. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you know, the back at the 2022, you know, what would I do differently? Um, you know, it's, it's hard to say, uh, you know, I saw, I saw these questions. These were the hard, these are the hard questions. You know, I, 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 you know, I, I went to the, you know, what was the, the you know, the um, favorite new game more that I just skipped right past these. Uh, <laughs> um you know, and then the other one was, you know, you know, keep asking for help and advice. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I got some great advice, you know, I, you know, reached out and I, uh, you know, worked with some artists, you know, and just a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. use some of that marshmallow money to, you know, you know, get, get a few little vanity <laughs> art pieces. Um, but, you know, one, it was one pitch I, I made at PAX U, I said, I asked, you know, hey, of all the games I described, why did this one stand out? And they said, well, oh, it's a family cooperative game. I really like the idea of that, mm -hmm. and I and I really like the artwork that 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 you've put with it. And so, on one hand, I was very excited for the artist, you know, because I really mm -hmm. loved it too. Um, it's this little game. You're 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 in Jack's magic bean garden, and you're the magical oh, scarecrows yeah. trying to uh, get the garden in great shape because the giant's Ooh. coming mm -hmm. down and it's going to smash everything. Right, but unfortunately, right, right. you're 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 the scarecrows, but you're afraid of crows. Um, you know, so I call it <laughs> scaredy crows. And you know, so on one hand, I was really excited for the artist, but on the other hand, I was like, oh gosh, publisher, don't don't tell me you need great artwork with with the game designs too, because I just can't. right, right. <laughs> I mean, right. it was just it was total happenstance that that I was able to kind of pull these two things together in that way. So I was I was great that it helped move it to the next stage. But um, you know, we all love to be able to think that we can do our three by five cards. And, and have the publisher see it 
yes, they've got the vision yeah. and they can, and then they can run with it, you know, but, uh, you know, but, but, you know, getting help from folks and, and asking for that is, is definitely what made, I think 2022 a really fun year for me. And so that's definitely the mm -hmm. advice I would have given myself, uh, back then to make it happen. And, and then also, to, you right. know, and help, help whoever you can. So, yes, you know, yeah. I, I love being part of our play testing group here you know, take our terrible games and make them better. I love mm -hmm. the Boston Festival of Indie Games because it's, I find, I'm really jazzed about it because a lot of like first time designers, it's a really great venue to get them in and just give them that mm -hmm. opportunity to, sh you know, share it with people. Right, and then, right. you know, the mentoring that, that you do, I, in fact, I got a, a returnee mentor. Um, I, I'm the crazy person that says, I don't care what time zone you're in. So I always get people from Europe and South America <laughs> and all these <laughs> what nice, time can we meet nice. outside of work hours and it's like oh boy well i'll get right. up at 1 1 a.m this morning for you okay you know <laughs> right 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 yeah yeah and and the fun people that you meet so so that's what i would say to myself in right, right. 2022 and you uh, i want to point out that you have opened up one of the you know mentioned one of the full-on designer conundrums that that causes a lot of arguments and disagreement within designers which is like do you do the vanity piece of artwork for your game or not? And, um, and I go back and forth in this for a long time. I said, yes, always. And now, and then for a while I said, no, always. And now I say mm, sometimes, right? Like it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and like, you know, I, I used to talk to one of my friends about how they'd be like, you don't have to be good at graphic design to, to get games published. And I was like, cause publishers don't care. And I was like, nah, no, like if you're good at graphic design, it gives you a leg up as a game designer for getting games in front of the right people because you can just make things look very readable and very clear. And I've worked my butt off trying to get better at that and then also just solicit feedback from people in our BTG Discord to say like, hey, how does this look? Am I doing okay? And um, and people will give you honest feedback about what they like, what they don't like, what you should change. And um and that is really helpful, like really helpful. And yeah, so. I, I would I would say that you do have to master enough yourself to help communicate the gameplay. That, that yeah, that's yeah. that's the lowest bar. You you have to mm -hmm. do that right. And and you can, you know, when you when you're starting with your closest you know closest play testers, you know, it can be sloppy. But you do right, really want right. to at least get that part squared away. You know, the, of course, the double edged sword on it is, is if you put the nice artwork on it, right depending on your play tester, you know, you really have to manage expectations right from yes. the beginning. Cause if they see yes. something that looks good, then, then, Oh, this must be right. like a game that plays good because it's near the end. Right. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, as long as you're cognizant of that too, but yeah. I, you know, I, uh, you know, one thing that happened this year was, you know, I had to make real prototypes again. I mean, I had to it's physically so weird, make the prototypes, right? You know, because, you know, virtual, you can do some things. And then when you, when you make it for real, you know, sometimes it's like, well, boy, it's hard to manipulate these things. It was pretty easy to, when it snapped in place and flipped the card over yep. and all this stuff. Yep. And, you know, just, you know, just in that environment, this, this let sleeping giants live project I have, I did, mm -hmm. I, I was using the little Microsoft, you know, the guy splatted on the desk, you know, this, the, the giants, yeah, they, yeah. They, they pass out at the table, you know, and, and that, and I was like, Ah, oh, gosh, I'm not going to get people to the table with this. So I, I just, I reached out to an artist just to like, hey, let me describe you this scene. Can you just make me like what, what might be a cover for the mm -hmm. scene? And it was this artist that I met at a convention. And she did this this beautiful portrait of these giants at a feast and everything I wanted mm -hmm. in it. And and, uh, 
And that was just like, I'll put a little placard on the table to do that. But then I said, well, hey, you know, they're at the table. Could you just give me like a, a table looking down on a table, you know, a place setting yep. and, a, yep. and, a, and a, just a giant like like leaning over a chair. Mm-hmm. Just those three pieces. And with those three pieces, I was able to kind of pull together this kind of yeah. cool thing mm-hmm. where you can see how the cards are interacting with the board and all that. Um, yep. So, you know, just it's it is in large part a vanity um, I hope all of you have some form of marshmallow money that lets you take advantage of it when you think it's right. Right, um, right, right. And that know. really is the thing is knowing when the time is right to to make that choice for one of your games to try to get it in front of someone to where they're like, oh, yeah, like I see the vision because a lot of times that's me. I'm just trying to communicate the vision. And sometimes you can do that with Google art, right? Sometimes, you yep. know, I many times use like I'm a member of the Noun Project. I use that. Mm-hmm. almost exclusively for my games just because usually it's enough um and you know but if i can if i you know if i think that doing something more would be helpful i'll do that because you know you want to give the game the best chance it can have and so you know knowing how to set that up to make it the best it can be is is important right um and sometimes yes. it does feel like a waste of time and money. And in the end, it might be a waste of time and money. Like that's, that's just, that's the truth. Um, but that's literally everything we do in board games. <laughs> so, right? right. I mean, you know, a trip to convention, it might be a waste of time and money if it doesn't do the things you want it to do. Um, and that's just why it all comes around to setting expectations. Yes. And hopefully you will find the publisher that can look at your three by five cards and see the brilliance. I get it. Right. So, well, excellent. This has been a super fun conversation talking about um, our years. And it was really cool to get to hear a lot about your year, um, you know, and hear about another designer and everything you've been doing. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm excited to talk to you again sometime. Yeah, I look uh, forward to that. You know, you know, we have to do this, uh, you know, more than once a a, a, a decade. decade. Yeah, <laughs> or a I've been doing the podcast yeah. for over a decade, so yes, it is yeah. once a decade right now. That yeah. I mean, well, it only well, goes up yeah. from here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I usually need like a pandemic's worth of time to collect enough things to talk about. So you know, you you've got time to <laughs> to re- recharge our, our our batteries. Good to and, know. Uh, Good to it, know. It, and it was, yeah, it was great, great being here for anyone that, that, that listened all the way to the end, uh, you know, <laughs> congratulations. Okay. Yes. Thank <laughs> you for doing that. Uh, speaking of you listeners, if you want to get in touch with us, um, you know, we thank you for being here. Uh, we're glad you listened, but if you want to get in touch with us, you can go to buildinggamepodcast.com. There you can find a link to our discord. Uh, come to the building game discord, hang out with us. We do our weekly accountability meetups from 8 PM to eight 30 every Wednesday, Eastern standard time. Have a great time with those just chatting about what we're working on. Um, and then, uh, also, uh, you can find us of course, uh, at building game podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the Twitter at pair of Jack's games dot pair of Jack game dot com. No, sir pair of jack game uh also um jeff is on facebook uh pair of jack's games uh on facebook so look that up uh he's probably more active than the podcast which is why i don't ever give out the podcast information on facebook but we are there if you feel like giving us likes to make us feel better um you can of course find uh the podcast at podcast btg on twitter i am at jay slingerland and uh you can of course as always keep coming back every single week but until next time good night
Good night. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. The end of the episode. That's when it technically ends.